welcome to Board Game Binge. The place where we bring you bite-sized, bingeable board game content across the industry. I'm your host, James Staley, and in this episode, we're welcoming back Kristen Mott, a mom of three who loves to design board games. Following Kristen's latest campaign for Dinosaur Exhibit, her newest title, Sharks, is currently on Kickstarter. Kristen, welcome back to The Binge. How are you doing? Hi, excellent. How are you? Oh, I am doing fantastic. Uh, we're just saying before on uh, we went on air here that it's been uh, just over a year since we had you on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Lots has happened since then. <laughs> uh, for those who want to kind of go back to that episode, uh, we talk a lot about homeschooling and things like that because we were kind of in the middle of uh, of, of COVID and yeah. lockdowns and all that. Uh, episode 154 was the last time you were on the podcast. So please, mm-hmm. people want to get more information, go back to episode 154 and you can get it we just get real deep into the weeds on parenting and uh, homeschooling and the impact <laughs> on board games which i thought was uh, was a really great discussion um so since then you launched this game uh which was dinosaur exhibit yep. right so that was your last campaign uh it funded uh, i got a copy of this game uh i was telling you before we went on air i absolutely love this game it is so much fun <laughs> Uh, gosh, I was at a, uh, a meetup that I have here in Canada, and um, there's roughly on any given night, say 15 to 25 people show up. It's open to the public. So in general, we'll have, you know, maybe eight uh, gamers bring like their games or collections in their game bags. And a lot of mm-hmm. the rest of the people are people who are more casual gamers. And um, I had got this game, I think it was like, I want to say, November. was it November maybe that you sent this to me? I think it was just before the holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I shipped him out in November, early December of last year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so I brought it to the game night, and I had it in my bag, and I was going to crack it open and kind of read about it. And uh, so, but I was play testing this other game that we've been working on, and I thought, oh, maybe I'll get it at the end of the night, or or maybe I'll I'll, I'll get it out in you know in a week or two. And there was a table of 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 people that were looking to play a game, and there's eight of them, and and they were all there's I think one gamer in there, and the rest were all non gamers. So I turned to my buddy Bobby and I said, if you guys are looking for a game to play, I got this dinosaur exhibit game. I haven't played it. I have no idea how to play it. It looks like fun. <laughs> I interviewed this person. Uh, if you guys want to learn how to play, you're gonna have to read the rules. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he took the game. And I see him pull the shrink off. So I'm off, you know, playing my game on my side. And I look <laughs> over and you got these eight adults around this table and they're laughing and they're having fun and they're filling <laughs> in the squares. And I snuck a little picture, right? And I sent it to you and I said, wow, yeah. this is this is what it's all about. This is what game design is all about is seeing these moments when you see people yeah. just laughing, having fun and enjoying something you created. Uh, afterwards, I said, you know, what'd you think? He goes, oh, that was awesome. Solid game, solid <laughs> game. I go, okay, I got to pin Kristen on this one. Uh, she's going to yeah. love to hear that. And uh, so then the following week, I said, can you teach me how to play Dino Exhibit? Because I, uh-huh. I hadn't played it, right? So he taught me how to play it. <laughs> I loved it. We've played it now. Oh gosh, I can't even think of how many times we played it. I keep it in my my game bag as a stable because you never know if you have a game night where you need something that's a light start to the night that's not going to take up too much time or something you can teach yeah. new players. Out it comes, and we're uh, we're designing our dinosaur exhibits. So congratulations on that. <laughs> uh, you must be so happy Thank with you. the success of that game. Yeah. And, you know, hearing stories like yours and getting the pictures sent to me, usually through Instagram, like it just makes me so happy. I yeah. And sometimes I still see those pictures and I can't believe that people are playing and enjoying 
this game that I made, you know, essentially <laughs> for my kids two years ago. Um, and so, yeah, it just, it makes me so happy. to see Yeah. It's, it is a crazy those. feeling like when you're, because most games that you're going to publish are games you personally enjoy, right? Like I enjoy oh, all yeah. the games that I've, I've published, but when you see someone else enjoy it, it's like, Oh, Oh, other people like this too. Not just me and my family. This is actually yeah. something that's bringing joy to others. And it's, it's such a cool <laughs> feeling. How many is, copies did you guys end up making? Um, I only had a print run of 500. Okay. Um, Cause I sold uh, 350 or something with the campaign. And then I, I actually had people contact me afterwards. Like, how, how can I get another one? How can I, um, you know, get this for my friend, especially for Christmas, because I, yeah. they were shipping out in November and uh, or people on Instagram who've seen a couple of my posts. Well, I missed this. How can I get one? <laughs> so if you want one, you still can. I have a few extra copies. Um, in wow. my basement. <laughs> Did you end up doing I think last we talked uh, part of the plan was to maybe do uh like Amazon or, or online selling, or are you pretty much out of copies? So you just have kind of a handful left for those special requests. Yeah. I really just have a handful um, left, which is great because then it doesn't take up too much space in my basement, <laughs> but um, yeah, not Amazon. Um, actually it was the game itself was actually purchased shortly after the um, campaign by a publishing company. So it will be reprinted probably oh, in nice. the next, one to two ish years. I don't have a timeline, but it'll come back oh, at some point exciting. in some form. Oh man. And how was that process for you as a first time publisher? Um, you know, putting together the, uh, the assets and getting the manufacturing set up, like where did you have it done? Did you have it done locally? Did you source it yourself in um, China or how did you do that? <laughs> it was scary. The whole process as a first oh, time yeah designer doing it was very scary, but I knew I wanted to put it out there. So I, before I did anything, actually, I listened to all of Jamie Stegmeier's book on crowdfunding. I yeah. was like, I got to figure out how to do this from the guy who knows how to do it. Yeah. Um, which was very, very helpful. Listen to that, read his blog posts. Um, and then I just sort of took it one step at a time. I had to get, I hired an artist who was fantastic. Um, he did wonderful work for it and was so easy to to talk to and get it done yeah um and then the scary part for me was like pricing out manufacturers i didn't really know what to do as far as you know was i overpaying all of that i ended up going with um, ad magic out of okay. china um and it was great it was really very easy and the games ended up showing up at my doorstep a week ahead of schedule oh, which wow. was awesome um but the whole process, I just tried to take it one step at a time. I didn't want to miss anything. I wanted to make sure I did it all. Um, you know, I had um, Mesa Game Labs do a video for it because I wanted it to look real and professional. And, yeah. you know, I had a graphic designer do the graphics for the campaign page. And um, I was really happy with how everything turned out. Um Oh yeah. So, and yeah. shout out to David Diaz again. Uh, mm -hmm. Very, very talented <laughs> guy. He does amazing uh, Kickstarter videos. Anybody yeah. looking to uh, get a great Kickstarter video done, go to Mesa Game Labs and I'm sure he yeah. can uh, he can connect you. So when these showed up at your door, so is it literally a skid of games showed up at your door? Is that how it worked out? <laughs> yep. <laughs> this truck just showed up and because I had received a phone call the day before and they were like, yeah. oh, it'll be here next week. Um, coming out of a port in New York, I think it'll be at your 
door in a week. Okay. And then that afternoon, the truck showed up and was like, here, <laughs> here are your games. Where should I put them? And this big skid and, you know, it was pretty tall. And uh, so it was in my garage and we, you know, the kids and I went out there and opened up a box and, you know, it feels so good to be able to show my kids. Yeah. This is what I've been, you know, they know what I'm working on. They're part of the process, but for them to be able to see that final, the final product and then to help me, um, bo- they helped me box them up and ship them out to all the backers and not a lot. I ended up doing most of it myself, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but that was, it was a nice moment to be able yeah. to share that with my kids. It's a crazy feeling uh, when you open up that first box and you mm-hmm. see the shrink wrap around around the game, and it's like this is it, right? Like these are going yeah. out now. There's no going back at this point. Like these are going to backers, <laughs> right? So hopefully, yeah, you you better hope it's what you wanted it to be. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow did it did it scare you off at all the whole process of self? And I know we're going to talk about the Diaz Foundation here in a second, and, yeah. and you know working with other publishers. Um, did it, did it, was it overwhelming or did did it scare you off a bit, uh, to the point where you want to focus more on the design side or. Yeah, there were certain parts of, of putting the campaign together and getting things done that were scary. And I was like, I am never going to do this again. It's, it's just too much. But then, you know, after everything was done and sent out and I was getting feedback back on the game from backers, I was like, actually this pretty awesome. I could see myself doing this again um, for something similar, but I do like being able to focus on just the design process as well. Um, And so that's what I'm doing now is just focusing purely on the design of some upcoming projects. And, um, but who knows, I'm sure in the future, I will probably launch something else myself. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly it's um it, it allows you to, to design quicker, right? When you're not being mm-hmm. bogged down by all the uh development side, right? And the yeah. publishing side, because that that is a huge, huge time sponge. And kind of that oh, yeah. balance of working on the next game while getting the current mm-hmm. game developed and then the one before that kind of out the door and constantly working on these kind of three phase, separate phases at the same time mm-hmm. uh, can be a bit uh, can be a bit daunting. Yeah, um, and I will say that it was very um, eye-opening and gave me such an appreciation for everything that goes into every game that hits your table. It just oh, yeah. so much to be done. It looks easy. <laughs> yeah, of course, when it's a finished product sitting on your table, you think, oh, yeah, of course, I can do that. But yeah. there is so much. That if it was that easy, it. everyone would be doing it. As the That's right. Ideas, right. So how did you connect um, with uh, with this foundation? Like, how did that all kind of come about? Uh, kind of by accident, I guess. We I was at um, Protospiel Indianapolis last hmm. year, last May, um, our local Protospiel. And just to test out a couple of games that I had, mostly Sharks. Um, and uh, Jim Dietz was there, who runs the, the Dietz Foundation. And he played Sharks. And then we also played Dinosaur Exhibit, and I can't remember why, but we ended up playing both of them. And we talked a little bit afterwards, and he was very interested in them. And so a few months went by, we talked at Origins, and then we ended up, um, I signed both of them with him, uh, Sharks and Dinosaur Exhibit, um, in the summer last year. That's awesome. It was just... 
purely an accident. It felt like, but it was great. It was great not to have to pitch something. <laughs> um, so it was, it was good. And the Deeds Foundation. So what are, what are they all about? Like, what's their what's their whole thing? They focus mostly on games for education, games for schools. Um, this Sharks is actually their first game um, that they have made for younger kids. Um, mm. A lot of their games are about different historical events, um, things that for older kids. Um, and and Jim himself actually ran Jolly Roger games um, back in the day before he um, started this foundation. And they they do a lot for schools for education scholarships um things like that so that's where a lot of the money goes from the games that they sell so is it like is it a not for profit or is it a non-profit or how is it set up i am not exactly sure just a non-profit <laughs> i think yeah um the only non-profit board game publisher in existence as far as i know and are they focusing mainly just on the u.s or are they global or, or how are they how are they structured um, they'll ship globally, um, to everywhere. I'm pretty sure. I think he may even have distributors over in Europe. Um, but again, I, <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. Yeah. But the whole hook, I guess, in this case, and we can say pun intended, I guess, uh, is, oh, yeah. uh, is, is to, um, educate through gamification, I guess. Right. So, mm -hmm. yeah. um, help people learn. And, uh, and when you're, when you're playing it, it's easier to learn. I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And there's, so the game actually comes with um, scorecards for each shark that you play. I don't know if you want to get into this yet, but there's um, facts on each scorecard. So as you're playing, you know, you read these shark facts. And so it's just, it's kind of a cool way to sneak in more information, I guess. Is the goal of this to, to educate people on like different species of, or sharks, or is it to talk about, poisoning of the oceans and the importance of stewardship or what, what is this, the main kind of communication of this game? A little bit of both because this game, the, the sharks are not the bad guys where I feel like in a lot of kids games, the sharks are typically the bad guys. Yeah, of course. Um, and so each player is a specific, a unique shark species. Um, they have their own ability to move through the ocean um, and they're eat, trying to eat, you know, certain types of sea creatures. and there's also a boat uh, on your ocean grid and it's leaving behind trash, which is something that you want to avoid. It takes up space in the shark's stomachs. Um, and so it's a little bit of a commentary on that. It's like, maybe we shouldn't be uh, trashing the ocean. Um, <laughs> a lot of the um, facts that are on those scorecards I was talking about, they either have facts about the sharks themselves or the pollution, the trash, um, you know, different ways that we are harming the ocean and what we can do about it. Um, and the idea for this game, this started when you were, um, and I'd be remiss to say like you do homeschooling with your children, right? Mm -hmm. Talked a lot about this in the last, last podcast. Um, so was this part of like the, the home curriculum where you're talking about the oceans, you're talking about species of sharks. And is, is that how this kind of led into this, this particular game? Um, that's not how it started. It actually oh. started because my kids were just obsessed with sharks. <laughs> um, you know, and so I was like, all right, well, how can I create a game about sharks, uh, all the different types of sharks that they would want to play? Mm -hmm. um, so that's where the original idea started. Now, throughout the process, we have had a lot of discussions about that. Actually, we had one yesterday, um, just about 
pollution and how it's affecting sharks. And my, my son went into this whole um, discussion. He was telling me about how, you know, if the sharks get eliminated from the oceans, how it, the steps that would happen, if um, how it would affect every ecosystem in the ocean, you know, if they died, then these fish would be overpopulated and it would cause this and it would affect this. And I was like, all right, <laughs> we're having all kinds of discussions about it, but sort yeah. of after the fact, it wasn't, that's not what led up to it. So in terms of coming up with the, the facts, so was it like a lot mm -hmm. of then research from there and were, were mm -hmm. you able to get the kids involved in that process at all or? Yeah. Um, cause I ended up reading a bunch of my son's books about sharks to sort of come up with these different, you know, easy, easy to digest facts on each mm -hmm. scorecard. Um, but just a lot of online research too, to kind of figure out what I wanted to put on each card, what would be, you know, what's appropriate facts for kids and um, what people would want to read about. No, it's cool. Can you, can you walk us through kind of the essence? I'll show on my screen kind of the, the play area here. Um, can you walk us through like how you would play this game or how someone would go about playing this? So this is for two to four sure. players, is it? Two to four. Mm -hmm. Although there are actually six available sharks in the um in the box so each game you you know there's two that won't be used but we wanted there to be a variety of sharks because you know kids have their favorites and yeah <laughs> want to fight over a certain type of shark um so yeah on your turn basically you're going to move your shark meeple through the ocean um each shark like i mentioned has its own unique ability to move with certain things that it can do uh, once per turn to get to the different types of actions that it wants to on those ocean tiles. So each ocean tile, once you get there, has a an action that you're going to take. And essentially on each turn, somehow you're going to either draw a creature token from one of the size bags, or you're going to take one from the display um, and put it in your stomach. So if you look at the player board, there's a space for 10 tokens on your in your shark's stomach. Mm -hmm. um, and then along your path to whatever action you're taking, you also are trying to avoid trash tokens that get left by the boat because um, those will take up space in your stomach. Um, and so you're eating, you're eating the fish, you're taking different actions. Um, and then at the end of your turn, after that, you have to turn over one of the trash tiles and move the boat around the board according to the back of the trash tile. And that gets left wherever the boat just vacated um and so you know trash gets left around the board you're trying not to eat it um because once the game end is triggered once someone once a shark has 10 items in their stomach filled mm. up their board completely so you don't want the trash you get points for the um, creatures in your stomach um from those scorecards so you can choose on your turn to um if you want to you can turn in your scorecards to score your points that turn um, based on what's in your stomach and that's cumulative. So you can, um, you know, those fish that are in your stomach will score on a future turn as well. If you so you're getting to. a combination of like trash and fish is basically filling up your shark. And once mm -hmm. your shark is basically full, then that's going to trigger the end of the game. Mm -hmm. How do you avoid? So, and I can see like in this grid, so these tiles are laid out, I was just showing on screen. And then you have like combination of fish and different items in the ocean on these different tiles and, and the boats moving from tile to tile. How do you, with this trail of trash that the, the boat is leaving behind it, how do you navigate that? Like, is it, a, 
is it a situation where you are you're basically forced to eat the trash because in or is it more of a decision okay i want that fish but in order to get that fish i'm i have to take the the compromise of eating trash along the way is that kind of right. how it works or yeah so if you're going you're like oh well i need a small fish and i can see that there's a small orange fish on display so i gotta get to that tile well then i have to take the trash along the way to get there um there is a way to get rid of the trash on certain action tiles um which I didn't know this, some shark species can actually turn their stomachs inside out to get to get rid of what wow. they don't want to eat. So that's, I've worked that into the game to where you can actually get rid of your trash tokens that way, um, one at a time. And uh, yeah. <laughs> and are you trying to collect like, so in this case, so the orange fish. So is there is there mm-hmm. different fish or can you have like replication? Or like, are you trying to collect kind of one of each? Is that kind of the, the situation? Well, similar so each scorecard um they're either by size you want like pairs of different sizes of fish or you want pairs of different colors which the colors represent um different types crustaceans um cephalopods Mm. mammals and birds things like that um so you are trying to get a combination of those to satisfy the the scorecards that you have right in front of you there's a way that you can go through your scorecards if you don't like what you have um so that you can hopefully get what you need um, through your scorecards and score points. And then the the big mouth with the uh, with the fish in the middle of it is that like a score? Uh, That's the score chart? tracker. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> Absolutely, it's a lot of teeth in there. <laughs> so, and then the the play time on this is like what, like thirty minutes, or how long does it take to play a game? Yeah, it's roughly 30, between 30 and 60 minutes, but I haven't had many games go up to an hour. It's 30, 45 minutes. Yeah. And then how young can you go with this game? Um, I have some kids, probably some six-year-olds could play it. There's a bit of text. Um, mm-hmm. It's mostly icons, but there's a bit of text. Um, so, you know, age eight is what's on the box. Got it. Um, Oh, it's awesome. And I'd be remiss to say congratulations on funding. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. You guys made it across 19 hours ago. You guys uh, you yeah. got off the line. So that's awesome. Um, it, it definitely looks like a lot of fun, especially if you're looking to uh, play with the younger audience and, and, and educate. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm sure Jim is going to have a field day with this. Um, and, <laughs> and is his hope to kind of sign on like school boards or do, do they go kind of one school at a time or how does that how does that work? Or do you have any insight into that? You know, I really don't. Um, I know that he wants to get them into schools. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what the process is for that. Um, you know, getting them into schools and then also other distribution chains to get them to just sure. you know, anybody who wants them. Um, <laughs> but his big focus is on education. And yeah. so he was excited to, to get these as sort of um, establishes first games for a younger audience, more elementary age than, than older kids. Yeah, that was good. I know it's, it's never fun um, stressing over kind of getting to that. (laughs) I've had campaigns like that before where you're like, we just need like three more backers. Like, is there not three people out there that can, can join in and then you have three jump in, but one jump out and, these kind uh-huh. of things is this kind of emotional roller coaster you go through. But when you finally cross that line, it's a, uh, you got that kind of sigh of relief. 
um yeah. here in the final 24 hours so there's always this kind of rally at the end as well where you have this kind of back-end mm-hmm. hockey stick so i'm sure you guys are going to fund even much higher than you, you've landed but um already this campaign's exceeded what you did in the first campaign so it's, it's mm-hmm. good to kind of see um growth right from campaign to campaign which i think yeah. is uh which is kind of cool what are you working on now like is there you, I, I know that you're kind of a serial uh, game designer. Is there uh, other <laughs> concepts you're working on and how far along are they? Um, that's a great way to put it. Serial game designer. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I have ideas all the time. And so there's, I have several that are in different um, stages. Um, I'm working with a co-designer on several other projects hmm. um, that are, some of them are close to, close to done, close to ready to pitch. Um, some we're still working on. And I have a few of my own that are just, they're in various stages um, and different types. I'm trying to um, expand my designs a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I love kids games. So that's sort of yeah. where my focus is. But I'm working on one now that's not necessarily a party game, but it's um, like a really quick, casual, push your luck um came about sea stars <laughs> um and sea star their uh ray regeneration so that's kind of my own um farthest along game right now um but i've got lots of ideas and lots of things working in various stages and now that things have kind of opened up since uh yeah i wouldn't say we're covid's done like covid will always be around mm-hmm. i think but is the is the produce spiels back open around you? Are you able to get out to designer nights and things like that in your area? Yeah, we, um, so the produce spiel indie, uh, since I'm in the Indianapolis area, yeah. is once a year. Um, there is a group, the indie tabletop game creators, um, that meets once a month, which I try to get to those. I can't always, but I try to. Um, and then I will play with whoever wants to test my games (laughs) yeah no kidding you know come over and i'll host a night or whatever and uh yeah whoever will play them i'm happy to and you live in close proximity to both gen con and origins do you make it to either of those Mm -hmm. shows or Mm -hmm. yeah i went uh yeah actually the last two years i've been to both of those and i plan to go this year so now do you go about 40 minutes from gen con so yeah it's great and you go more as a player or have you ever considered having like a booth to, to interact with some of the people that have supported you at all or uh, i've never considered having a booth i feel like that would be a really tough thing for me to have to talk you know like that all day yeah um, i have gone to pitch um different games i meet with publishers um but then mostly just for fun you know when i'm not pitching i just want to see what's new and test test new games and see what's out there do you have any advice for people who are pitching games of their own like it's it's obviously got to be an intimidating process to go through um how how do you approach it (laughs) um it is hard for me it's um i don't like the idea of meeting with somebody and telling them why they need to buy my stuff (laughs) um but it's uh i've learned a lot about just I would say just try to be confident in if you like your game and you think it's a good game, talk about it like it's a good game um, and like you enjoy it. Um, One thing I did at Origins last year um, was a speed pitching thing through Unpub. Mm. And uh, so, you know, it's 15 or 20 publishers that just come around to your table and you have five minutes or something to 
pitch your game to each publisher. And uh, that was a great learning experience, um, but it was exhausting and, and very difficult um, to do. But I don't know. I think I would, I would, if for any other designers, I would say, try to do something like that. And you get in front of a bunch of people and you'll learn a lot about how to streamline your pitch in like 20 minutes yeah. <laughs> of doing it. So you must have pitch number 15 is definitely got to be more efficient than pitch number one. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I often find that working trade shows in general. Right. And it's, it's you always laugh because especially if you go with a, a number of people where people will start to kind of know your pitch, right. Um, that yeah. you're working with by like the second <laughs> or third day. And it always starts off a little rough, but then you kind of work your way into by watching mm -hmm. people's reactions and body language, kind of refining yeah. down and get efficient on, okay, now how, to, how can I do, what's the elevator pitch on this, right? How can I get this mm -hmm. like kind of out quickly to get the concept across? And, and anytime you can show that you're, you're providing a solution to a problem out there, that I find is usually the Goldilocks zone, right? In a case where maybe education games, oh, yeah. you know, here's here's a solution to um you know making education fun and in specifically around cleaning up our oceans and also learning about mm -hmm. different shark species and the importance of them as part of our ecosystem um yeah i gotta believe that you know when you see kind of that that the solution that's solving a publisher um like uh like jim deets foundation here uh clearly can kind of link into that and say, oh, this is actually fitting in with exactly what we're trying to do. So that match kind of comes together, which is, which has got to be awesome. Yeah. 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 And I, I like the idea. I, I like to think that my games are games that take kids seriously. So like yeah. it, it's, it's a serious game. It's not, you know, more goofy um, with a little bit of a message. So yeah, I like that. It's giving kids more that. credit, I think, than, than they're given sometimes. Right. And mm -hmm. uh, to, sure. to almost treat them as, maybe not young adults, but teach them as intellectual beings, right? This is something that, mm -hmm. you know, if we can make this fun, uh, they have the capacity to pick up some, some bigger concepts, right? And uh, they might even surprise yeah. you. Oh yeah. And yeah. it's, it, you know, uh, concepts and things that they, they like. There's yeah. so many kids who like dinosaurs, <laughs> you know, that's an easy choice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, certainly yeah. you've done it on this. Um, again, I want to congratulate you on this, on this campaign, uh, second, uh, campaign. So you're, you're batting, uh, batting a hundred, two games, two, uh, two wins <laughs> so far. can't wait to see some of these other games you guys come up with, uh, for sure. I'll look for you at, uh, at, uh, origins, uh, this year, if you're there yeah. and, uh, I want to wish you and the foundation all the best in this coming Thank year. you so much. Thank Take you. care. Cheers. Bye. This has been an episode of the Board Game Binge Podcast, hosted by James Staley, produced by James Staley and Mike Bruner, with original music by Nick Smith. If you would like to watch these interviews live, simply subscribe to our YouTube channel, Board Game Binge, and you'll get access to live interviews, giveaways, and interesting board game content from across the industry. I can't wait for you to join us. See you next time.